On this episode of Blending Bourbon, join Dixon Dedman and myself, David Mark Young, as we discuss some of the supply challenges in the bourbon industry and some of the ways that brands must pivot in order to remain competitive in the market. Join us. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Dedman and David Mark Young. Welcome back. Another episode of Blending Bourbon. My name is Dixon Dedman from 2XO Whiskey. Join with me, as always, is the former boy band member turned master blender and owner of his own bourbon brand, David Mark Young of Golden Sheaf. David, you look great today. It's so good to see your face, Dixon. Thank you, as always, for that warm welcome introduction i I always feel like i have to come to me it naturally yeah it's just it's a little bit funny a little bit cynical but i know you're being 100 percent honest and i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) i always feel like i owe you something after your introductions like we're good we'll send you some bourbon or something well we we know how that works um (laughs) so we're talking a little bit earlier you're talking about this next new project you're working on and talking uh, you know and i don't know if you want to speak to that or not i know you're very 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 excited about it and i'm very excited a little about bit it. um i think it's it, it's it's going to be really cool is that what you're what you're drinking right there is that this is actually um port finish oh, bourbon okay. um I had some some leftover see i'm just kind of sipping on that i do have um yeah so the next thing is um maple syrup finish maple bourbon syrup. maple syrup yeah which was interesting um you know these are experiments for their, their small batch experiments and um but the maple syrup one uh we just kind of kind of fell into that last week and it's been a lot of fun you know it's get these barrels you gotta steam them a little bit and um so they'll swell up and then we just transfer some liquid into them and taste you know how they marry initially but that's you know that's what we were talking about it's not you're not just mixing maple syrup and bourbon you're not just mixing port and bourbon you're you know there's a melding there's a there's a true Mm -hmm. um and you get it It, it's um but it, it is it, it is i like to try have like a you know a baseline you try yeah. that okay you got the the bourbon and then you um marry it together in the in the barrel and then try it and then kind of taste test the progression but so far it's they just kind of follow a line in that flavor profile you know category and as long as it's not over the top a you know a dessert it's not a flavored bourbon that's yeah yeah you yeah. know that's so and 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 I'm going to go somewhere with this, but just bear with me. I mean, you know, as you, because I I think what's cool about what you're doing is, is a lot of, you know, kind of trending a little bit away from, Hey, this is what golden chief is. And I'm just going to do this, 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 like every, you know, and, and you're, you're kind of, uh, venturing out a little bit in, into, um, these experimental, opportunities partnering with local people whether it's port whether it's um what is that stuff barley wine whether it's the maple syrup i mean 
as you know, when you when you get one of these and you lock in on it and you say, Oh my gosh, this is a winner, is that is that something that will um you know like you'll you'll continue that or you know are you are you have if you find one and and the response your response the consumer response is oh my gosh i can't live without this is this something you know or, or is it just like no these are one-off things and when it's um you know when it's when it's gone it's gone yeah it's it's experimental but it, we're also navigating our way ahead so it's um i can't help but look at a lot of these things as a startup um as a litmus test mm -hmm. in a lot of ways you know putting up so we're going to put out 250 bottles of this uh port stuff this week and see how it fares you know 250 bottles so if it if it goes overnight then then yeah it's something that we'll pursue um but we're setting the stage really is is where we're at we spent some time last week um the team we sat down did some strategic planning which is amazing i love i love strategy vision road mapping and we started to actually look at our cadence of releases from batch to batch and you know, came up with a schedule every month. There's something rolling out, and then that doesn't even include the, the the private custom blends that we're doing. But yeah, so that's where we we take kind of this experimental stuff, and and if it's if it fares well, if it you know succeeds that initial test, then we'll decide. Okay, what does it look like? We'll scale it out, you know, footprint wise, volume wise, all those things. And that's that's where we're at now. Is starting to okay, what's going to stick. Um, but we'll continue to experiment too. Yeah. And I, I ask you that question, you know, to, and I have another question that leads into, you know, but is, is part of, is part of this and what, you know, this kind of experimental, like, let's try this, let's work on it. You know, is that, is that your, your vision in terms of saying, Hey, you know, I want Golden Sheaf to be, uh, a kind of evolving, you know, like I, you know, I, that's what I want this to be. Or is it, are you, are you dealing with some of the things that a lot of other people, I have a lot of uh, kind of former clients, but whatever that, you know, they're, they're, they're oftentimes having to change their model, change their program, change their, mm -hmm. I don't mean to say direction, but, having to be a little more uh creative and 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 um you know pivot more frequently than they had originally anticipated because of what's happening with the supply of 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 liquid in the market um yeah. you know there have been major major changes major acquisitions that have sent massive ripples uh throughout the the market itself um and the market for whiskey is is still i would say a year to two away from a lot of the speculative uh barrels you know coming of age and and entering the market so um you know i think there's i, I do think there's a bit of a surplus coming 
when all of these yeah. people who have been laying down barrels with just the intention of, of, of moving them when they, when they show up. But right now, today, um, you know, the, the bulk market, the market for, for liquid is, is, is really challenging. And, mm-hmm. um, and then with these acquisitions, a lot of people who had contracts for liquid, uh, you know, ongoing liquid into the future, you know, those are now gone. And I mean, the calls mm-hmm. I get are sometimes, you know, people are panicked. Um, and, yeah. and, and it's the people who are able to, willing to, um, you know, kind of adjust on the fly or, or, or try some different things or, or, you know, whatever they're, they're seeing great success. And then other people are just like, Oh no, I, this is what I was supposed to have and I'm not going to have it. And yeah. what, what do I do? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Case in point, I batch one bourbon was the original, was the original golden sheaf recipe from the 1800s, you know, and that was like striking gold. Wow. We you know, found this recipe and now let's recreate it and re-engineer it to meet modern day standards. And, expectations you know i didn't have standards back in the day and and um we released it and we won some accolades it gained a lot of spotlight it it was really good for a weeded weeded bourbon and then we go to rinse and repeat okay we're going to release what will now be our future staple product and the pipeline was dry they didn't have any wheat aged wheat whiskey uh or weeded bourbon and um so yeah pivot what do you do you know we, we can't sit and wait and hold out for that so we absolutely pivoted to now we're doing unique blends from batch to batch when patch two came out there was this overwhelming following that was expecting more of batch one but it was different fortunately the the feedback was very positive. Okay. This is not batch one. It's not weeded, you know, but we had to clarify that. And there were some people that were initially disappointed, but I think over all in all people were pleased with, and that's just it. That's so, I think at least what I can ascertain from, you know, what's going on now and what the future might look like is you have to have a niche and it doesn't necessarily have to be the same product. I'm not Jim beam. I'm not releasing, the same thing, same flavor, flavor profile, certainly not at those, those volumes, but the niche is that it's unique and it's good. It has to meet that criteria. It has to be amazing premium. You know, that's where at that price point. So, um, regardless of whether it's weeded and this is how I became, I, I, I referred to myself early on as the bottom feeder because I only want onesie twosies, you know, three, four barrels here and there, um, you know, to be able to have a decent supply of varied ingredients for my blends so that we can continue to produce unique, unique blends from batch to batch. And that's, and that is the result of a pivot because of something not being available, but I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable being exactly where we're at because now we've got a a supply of varied ingredients or you know whiskeys that we're going to blend um if that makes sense did we just are you back now there we go was it was that me did it drop (laughs) 
Sorry. dropped for me. I don't know if it dropped for you, but I, okay, so we're good. But you know, I think. I mean, I saw it, and and when before before Stoli, you know, when it was when it was Mark and I, um, you know, we were let's buy twenty of these. Let's buy, you know, the and and. The way uh, somebody would put up 150 barrels of nine-year-old stuff, and everybody was doing it that way. So the person that was holding it would not release our 20 until he had got, you know, he had commitments for all the all the other, you know, 130 or whatever. But that's how everybody was doing it. Then you had these big guys that showed up. You had the acquisition of of Angels Envy by Bacardi. You had a couple of these, and and all of a sudden. You know, if you didn't jump on the the load of 150, you missed out. They weren't breaking it up. They weren't splitting it up, and that you know that only got more complicated um, as time went on, and and people started coming in, and there was a lot of outside money coming in and private equity money, yeah. and you know, I, I would you. So this is kind of a weird question, but what I think is uh, a bit advantageous for you and and puts you in you know being a an, an omaha a brand out of omaha bring being a an you know you you can kind of you know you you can you can source from anywhere as long as it's good juice you know i mean i i've yeah. always been a kentucky guy i said i was going to be a kentucky guy i'm only doing kentucky stuff um you know, I, I think you know there's a certain advantage right now to doing what you're doing, and and not, and I don't mean they're like handcuffs or whatever, but you know, you you know, if it's if it's good stuff from Texas, you can buy good stuff from Texas, and you know, yep. I mean, if you're if you're a Kentucky producer, Kentucky guy, you know, I I, I remember having that conversation with with Stoli. You know, I was like, I'm I yes, you're right. There's a bunch of Tennessee stuff available out there, but for some reason, I, I don't know if y'all feel it or not, but Kentucky Owl Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey doesn't really ring very true to me, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to be transparent, overly transparent, you know, um, and make it a point to, to talk about, blending and sourcing um and not producing we're just not there we're not laying down barrels we're not in in down the road the vision is to be locally produced locally sourced you know grains and then produced here in nebraska um aged here in nebraska which is something I'm very excited about, but you know we've got to build yeah, that I don't foundation. Know why you're not that. doing that yet. I mean, <clears throat> you've got the money. You're you're independently wealthy. I don't know why you just do that. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> wait. I, wish I, I need to look through your lens. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Uh, you know, it's a. Uh, so first of all, there's you know there's not many distilleries here. So there's. You know, not not a ton they build of build them every day, David. They they build I, them all the time. They know? do actually. They they, they build, build them and they, they. But but I I'm uh, that's not my business model. That's not my current business model. And we found this sweet spot where, as long as we're transparent and honest about 
I, I, I find that consumers really, really uh, appreciate that. That's, you know, a lot of times that's what people are calling out. They is, you know, they're, they're talking age statements. You know, they want to do this cost comparison. Is this worth it? Is this worth it? And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a no brainer when it comes to the premium products that we're rolling out. You want to do your homework. We're going to make the information readily available so that, um, you want to rip us apart or we're just going to give you the, the information before you, you know, you don't have to go do a deep dive and it, you know, we don't want to appear like we're trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. Um, so we will get there, but you know, something I learned about or I'm learning about business is to not try to do a lot of things, you know, half-ass a lot of things. We're, mm. we're trying to do this one thing really well. And that's it's funny, blending like, premium whiskeys. I think, you know, we had this conversation early on, and it's one of the conversations that, that I, I I get a lot. And, and, and I, uh, we could do a whole podcast on, you know, the, the, the time I spent kind of full-time in the consulting world, but that was huh. that was one of the things I talked to a lot of people about and, and said a number of times, it's like, you know, when 10 years ago, 12 years ago, NDP was a dirty word, you know, yeah. like you, you know, oh, you're an NDP, you know, and now if you, if you, you know, it's, it's a whole different ball game. It's whole different, yeah. you know, that has a, di there's different connotations to that or whatever. But, you know, I get these calls from people and they say, Hey, we have this great idea. And their great idea usually involves two things. One is like, okay, so we got this family farm or somebody's family has a farm or there's some yeah. land somewhere and we're thinking about buying it and building a big distillery. It's like, okay, what's the second part of this? And they're like, and, you know, if you could help us find some 12-year-old weeded bourbon, we could really launch this thing and, and, and you know, and get it you know into the stratosphere overnight right and you know my my two comments to that are one um why in the world unless unless you had big backers who wanted to build something um would you invest in a in a facility and have to run a facility build a distillery and operate a distillery when there are so many opportunities out there to have somebody make for you exactly what you want made and yeah. you know you're you're you you just pick up the sausage you don't have to you don't have the investment right. in making the sausage yeah. and i was like you know test your you know get some stuff made you know put some stuff down see where it goes then in terms of the 12 year old weeded stuff like i i have a pile of it right over there with you know it's in the corral with all my unicorns um that is you know, if you follow that rainbow to that pot of gold it's sitting you know the corral of unicorns and the weeded bourbon is sitting right there and it's you know it's it's, it's easy just go take what you want yeah and you know i mean i, I sound like a huge asshole saying that or whatever but the reality is like yeah, I'm seeing it. I just keep seeing it. You know, everybody's like, "Oh," and I, I think for the most part, people 
they're they're ambitious and they're entrepreneurial in their mindset, but you could tell that they're you know what they're thinking is that if we do it and get it going in in six or eight years, one of the big guys is going to come write the check for a hundred and fifty million dollars, and it's like. Yeah. You know, I, the, that's great if it happens, but I don't. I don't know that that your business model should always be let's let's do. You know, um, yeah. And yeah. I that's that's probably a, a you know a bit a bit off track from what we were talking about in terms of of sourcing stuff or whatever. But um, it's just it's such an interesting place that that the industry is in right now um in terms of how do you start a brand build a brand uh develop a brand that that people can can kind of get behind and feel comfortable with when a lot of what you're having to buy is kind of as my wife loves to say you know, bips and bobs of different things that are out there. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it, there's, that's a whole different challenge for a lot of people right yeah. now, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, and I've thought a lot about this even more recently. And, and, and I've, I guess I've, this has been a journey for me. And I've, I'm, I'm just now kind of looking around like, oh, they actually come pretty far from, you know, I remember going, Gosh, I'd love to launch a whiskey label, launch a brand, but have no idea how to do that. And, you know, almost became paralyzed with all of the options and not really knowing what, what direction to go. But so, so I'm kind of going back to like, how did I get here and why? And, 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 and I keep thinking back to what I just said a little bit ago. The, um, the main thing should, you know, make the main thing the main thing. I, I think mm -hmm. Brendan Bouchard says that in one of his books. Um, but focus on that and do it well, and um, you know, become an expert in that area, a master. And so, when I think about what I'm doing, what I'm passionate about, it, to me, it boils down to blending. It always has, and I've never really realized that. Like I have always, as long as I've been drinking whiskey, maybe not as long as I've been drinking whiskey, but I've always tasted a whiskey and I do this with a lot of other things too. And I will enjoy the, the good elements of it, but there's inevitably something that I could improve. Like, Oh, if that only had, or, you know, and then pull that thread a little bit further and and it's, how do you improve that? You know, and going back to like, you've talked about with Jim Rutledge, you know, one and one don't equal two. So, so to be able to figure that out and I, I'm not saying I've got that figured out, but I love that. I love that craftsmanship and how do we steer this? So that's, that's my niche. That's, you know, I love to go and I kind of want to get out and I want to find a bourbon in Delaware and Vermont and Arizona yeah. and Seattle, Washington and, and, and be able to take those and say, you know, I found a really good bourbon in New Jersey, but then I, you know, and it has some really good, um, elements to it but there's some things it, it, it is how you can improve it and then i found some other ones and this is how so like your de deconstructing exercise was really resonated with me and and i'm i'm actually 
stole the idea um, or, or I'm actually doing this now. I mean, this is probably it's just not something I was familiar with, but it so to sit down and, and 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 that's what I did. You know, I took three bourbons and blended them together and came up with batch two. And so I went through your exercise, the deconstruction exercise with with my product you know, by myself and was like, oh, my gosh, I, so I'm tasting this one. And it's this is why I chose this one, because of these good things. However, there's these not as savory or, you know, unsavory kind of elements that can be improved upon. Well, that's where bourbon number two comes in and then number three and then bring, you know, bring them together into number four. And 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 I love that. I love that. And it's so I I'm excited to be able to pull that thread a little further and go find these. You know, nobody thinks of bourbon that, you know, comes from, uh, I don't know. Well, Louis, the Louisiana thing keeps, keeps resurfacing for me because I felt like I struck gold. Here's this, this really unique, um, Louisiana bourbon. You know, a lot of times when people talk about sourcing, they instantly go to Indiana, you know, you're sourcing from MGP, mm-hmm. Um, which I do have a lot of M- MGP product, but I've also got some Kentucky product and some Tennessee product and Louisiana product and, um, working on some Pennsylvania product. And, um, and, and, and to me, that's the niche. That's, that's the, and as long as we're transparent, yeah, I, mean, uh, I, 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 because for me, that's like right now I have nine different versions of what will be my next release, you know, and, and, and you're getting close. (laughs) I'm at a point now where I have three of them that I'm absolutely in love with. Hmm. And, you know, so the big, the big test, and I'll do this about three times is I will get them all at the same proof. Um, I'll mark the bottom of the glasses. I will spin them around, you know, whatever. And then it's, then it's just that one, you know, where you just, you just work through all of them and you say out, out, out. Wow. This is, this is, you know, but, and, and, and I get what you're saying. I mean, the, the blending part of it, um, and, and really the, the blending part of it where even in the developmental stages, when you're saying you look at the parts and the parts, some of the parts have great promise, but flaws. And what you're trying to do is is find that marriage where um, they it all comes together in this one place that you're super happy with. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I think for for a lot of brands out there right now, and people that are starting brands and stuff like that, you know, they're, they they've got. They've got a hundred barrels of four-year-old Green River. Yeah, and that's what they've got. Right, and it's great. It's fine stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. But um, to do, I think to do something special, you you one, you have to have access to more than one component to um, you know to 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 build something, and then secondarily. You know, you have to have the ability to to find that combination, and you know, uh, it seems like right now there's a lot of people that want to get into this because they want to be in the bourbon business, but they don't have they don't have your passion 
for you know creating something that's special and unique and that is going to resonate with, with you know it's kind of like yeah we we have a label and we have a story yeah may be true may not be true but yeah um do were you able to or was someone able to put something together that goes in that bottle that is also going to be as special as that label and that story and yeah the you know and the, the then the other part of that is that because of the way the market is it's it's sometimes really hard to find those special elements um, yeah and and they're it's cost prohibitive i mean i just helped move since they help, I, I mean, I, I got a call and said, "Hey, this is out there. Do you know some people might be interested?" And I made some calls, and but you know, it was eight year old, eight year old stuff, eight year old Kentucky straight bourbon, sixty five hundred dollars a barrel. Yeah, sixty five hundred dollars yeah. a barrel, eight year old. That's going to have what a thirty to thirty five percent yield on that barrel, right? Or not? Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, but that. like thirty to thirty five percent loss, so right. somewhere in the sixty five percent yield. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Which <clears throat> you know, when you do the math, that makes the liquid that goes into those bottles really daggone expensive. Right. Yeah. Margins change. Yeah. Yeah. And I know several blenders that. How do I say this? It's um, they look at the margins versus the, the the quality of the product, you know, and so they want to add more water, you know, stretch it out, lower proof, um, and that's where yeah, I'm not saying that's wrong, I, but I have different. Uh, my point of view is that it has to meet certain criteria. You know, it, it would be interesting. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, um, you know, if you could define criteria for your blends you know i I don't know if you have captured these um and they're probably pretty simple at least you know they have to be good they have to be quality they, you know something along those lines but yeah i started to think about my myself what criteria do i have what what what's good to me what's quality to me you know what do i strive for because um i i mean i've blended some high proof stuff and then you kind of do the math you know you look at 6500 bucks a barrel or more and then you know you look at your margins and think gosh well if this wasn't 118 proof you know if we proofed it down we could make a couple yeah, more bucks look, here i've been there i mean I, I i won't tell you which one it was but i mean you know i and i this is gonna sound this wasn't exactly I don't mean it makes it sound like it was like this awful or whatever but it was like I created a concept this is in my previous life like and this is what they wanted you know we want to be at this price point or whatever and so I was like fine you know I, I'm not I can't go into this I cannot go into this blending process worried about what the cost is going to be what my I budget guess, is yeah you know, I, I, my, my create you know I I it, my criteria demands that it's the best thing that I can create. Like yeah. it just, that's just it. Yeah. I'm not putting my name on it. I'm not putting it out there unless I believe in it, you know? And, you know, I came back and I said, you know, this is what it is. And we can do this multiple times. We can, we can grow this project. We can build this. 
And they're like, well, that's that, that, that the, the liquid cost is just way too expensive. You know, we need to, yeah. we need, if nothing else, we need to put that at an 80 proof. And I was like, well, we're not doing that because that's <laughs> right. not what, what we made. And they're like, well, you know, and I was like, look, I, I, you know, I'm not just gonna throw stuff together so that it gets to a price point where the you know whatever it's like you know we, we we're trying to build something here we're trying to grow something here and i can't right. make chicken salad out of chicken shit like it just doesn't right. work like that like you want you know yeah. you want it this is it this is how you know and this is this is what it's got to be yeah. um or else i'm not interested in being a part of this project yeah you know i mean it's yeah. just I, I, my criteria is pretty straightforward and simple you know it's gotta be um, good yeah it's gotta be quality yeah there's yeah. are you familiar with parks and rec the show, the TV yeah. show. There's an episode on there. Um, they're having an art contest, and one of the guys goes to the university in the art program and says, "Hey, I need some art." And he's like, "Well, and I'll pay you for it." And he's like, well, "What do you need?" And he's like, "I don't know, twenty dollars worth of art." <laughs> so he's like, "You know, it's here's the budget. Now let's you know throw that art not." So that takes away, you know, I can, can only imagine. And I, and I, and I use that analogy because of your analogy of being a creator and having, you know, all of these colors or, you know, products in your inventory to be able to, at least I think that was your analogy, um, how, you know, you've got all these options and you start with a blank canvas and you create and, but if if they were like, well, sorry, Dixon, we're only down to three colors. You got, and by the way, you have to use yeah. your fingers. So we don't have any more brushes. Then you're probably gonna go find another industry. Or no, <laughs> but to like to to pull it all back together. I mean, that, that's I, I guess that's what really interests me about where you're going with Gold Chief, and and that's really what I like talking to a lot of the people that have that have come on here. And I think we need to like go further into that because. Mm -hmm. The long and short of it is like you can't you can't paint you can't make art without paint. Right. And paint is 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 becoming harder and harder to come by. Right. And 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 for the most part, a lot of the paint that you can buy out there is all the same color. It's yeah. all the same stuff. Yeah. Um and and so it's it is very interesting to watch what we, you know what will take place over the next little bit as people either a uh figure out how to take the paint and develop it um as you're doing or whether it's let's just throw this you know this stuff in a bottle with a fancy label and a you know a story and and hope that people buy it up and it, yeah. it's just it's 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 really interesting because um, i'm having a lot of conversations now with people who are out of paint or um, yeah you know whose paint supply is running out and, it, yeah. and you know and i think i think it's going to have long-term uh ramifications on you know what you know what happens in this industry over the next say two three four years yeah yeah and to go back to the start of the conversation we were talking about um you know okay you buy x number of barrels and then but until that broker 
has sold all of those barrels, they're not shipping. You know, you, so I, yeah, I, I found, you know, four barrels here, four barrels there, you know, 12 barrels. And, but when I bought them, I started to schedule out my, my products. Okay. That's going to be part of this blend. That's mm -hmm. going to be, and, and then I get the, oh, these won't ship until everything is sold yeah. Or, yeah. or they even tell me, yeah. you know, January at the earliest, earliest. And then, so then I go and commit to another 12 barrels that I need right now. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's about pivoting. I mean, it's, it's, there are all of these, um, yeah, you can be you nimble know. or you can be out of product. It's one or right. the other. Yeah. So we can either, so a lot of these experiments, I love, um, experimenting, trying, trying some of these new things it's, it's fun. It's a little risky. Um, and I can tell you, I've got one that's not doing really well. It's been in the barrel for, I won't go into details about it. Hopefully we can pull it out of kind of, I think this nosedive that it's going in, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little disappointing. I mean, three out of four, that, that's good. Okay. But this other one's not doing what we had expected it to do. And so we're, you know, looking to pivot, but my, my core is just blending bourbon. I, I, I like, yeah, that's, that's what I really enjoy. Just a, a good, well, you know, you're, straight you're really good at it. Well, you're, thank you. You're Dixon, really, Deadman. you're I really freaking good at it. Well, I, you know, having a mentor like you, that's, uh, you, oh you know, gosh. Yeah. You definitely go. has some coffee. Hey, there. <laughs> look, I, I don't, I, I don't know if we ended up going where we thought we were going to go with this, but I thought the conversation was very interesting. And this, yeah. like this type of conversation to me, you know, for the seven or eight people that are, you know, going <laughs> to listen to this, like th this is the type of conversation where I would love to get some feedback. I'd love to yeah. get some questions. I'd love for people to say, hey, you all touched on this. I'd like to know more about this. I'd mm -hmm. like to hear more about, you know, I mean, I, I think we, you know, what we, at least what I want to do with this is to be, um, you know, very interactive with, with, uh, with the audience and that type of thing. So, um, you know, and, 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 and I think we've proven so far and we'll continue to prove that we're very much, at least I'm an open book. I'll probably say things that get me in trouble, but <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I mean, if, if this is something that any kind of, I don't know. Anybody's thinking, "Hey, I want to get into this. What are the, what are the things I should consider?" Um, or please touch more on this. I, I I would hope that that you know we could we could start to incorporate more of of um, that feedback into, into yeah. these episodes. Yeah, that's a great point because we maybe we, we should are. do a, like a like a like a episode where we just answer answer yep. listener questions. Yep. We have, you know, we've been doing this a couple of weeks. We really haven't been doing this a long time. We have a few episodes out there and we've banked some episodes. So we've got some really um, great episodes, I, I think, um, with some really great guests coming out. Um, and so we're starting to get engagement, feedback, all those things. So that's that's the direction that we're going. And, and um, you know, in hindsight, I've answered questions on the spot, you know, that people kind of bring forward. But I, but I agree. I think we take those and, you know, bring on an episode. So if you have specific questions, um, comments or things. And I'll, I will gladly, I will make sure to have two or three drinks before that episode so that I guaranteed you know, to get the truth. My filter <laughs> off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, this is fun, man. Always, this is a lot always of fun. fun. Always yeah. a pleasure. Yeah. Um, I look forward to the uh, the maple syrup. Same here. Yeah, I'll get you a sample. I think you got a couple samples of some some other stuff. Finally, got some some products shipped out Finally there. Got some. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, this is great. And I, I also I would tell you know our 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 listeners, you know if you're not watching this on YouTube, you are doing yourself a disservice. I can't <laughs> I cannot begin to tell you know to describe how attractive you are. I mean how, how good you're just a beautiful man, and I, you've got a great voice. But my goodness, that voice and 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 that. What do they call it? Visage. I mean, that that is a deadly combination. So, um, if you're listening and not, you know, not watching on YouTube, you are. I mean, you're 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 only getting half of what you could get from David Mark Young. I can tell you that much. I'm um, hearing a lot of smoke blowing, but it takes one to know one. Not Dixon me, Deadman. You're a beautiful I never, man. I never, what could I say? I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. All right. Well, do the thing where you talk about subscribing and all that stuff. Yeah. Subscribe, um, like, comment, share. We want your feedback. We want your comments. We want to engage. So send us those challenging questions. What do you want to know? I know that episode that we put out a couple weeks ago. Why did Dixon Deadman leave Kentucky Owl? Mm. Uh, it, it stirred the pot a little bit and we started to get some people, you know, that were, Oh, this is, we had a couple of comments there. Folks were like, this is, if you've not seen this, you need to see it or I need to listen to it. Um, I mean, it's a little controversial. It's a little, um, it's not, you know, it's, it's speculative, right? But here's Dixon Deadman himself talking about why he left Kentucky Owl. So that's inquiring minds want to know. So send us all of those questions. If you're curious about anything in particular, anything in particular, let's, let's dissect, peel yeah, back the we'll layers of Dixon Deadman. Yeah. We'll, we'll get deep. We'll have some drinks. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what we want, right? We want Perfect, man. good content. Absolutely. So no, that's, that's exactly what we're looking for. That's exactly what we're looking for. So, well, that's a wrap, sir. Is empty. Thank so, you. Oh, it's gosh. time to go. I'll drink yeah. for you then. Cheers, sir. Cheers, everybody. Don't forget Appreciate to like, it. subscribe, share, comment, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Mm-hmm.